This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Jake Saunders. I'm a family physician at McKady in Ogden, Utah. In this part two, we're going to be talking again about medical kits. The first section, we talked about the background and fundamentals for medical kits, in addition to the personal kit that many of the group members should have on them. In this part, we'll talk more about the medical kit that you have and is designed to complement and help out with the smaller personal kits. Additionally, we'll talk about a larger group kit for large groups and then a base camp kit. Next up is the probably the most uh, fundamental kit is the medical kit which you would be likely carrying. This is typically a kit that is often about one to two liters in size. It usually weighs a, a pound or two as well. It's usually best for about two to seven people. You can have a little bit smaller if, it's, if you have a, a smaller group. And I recommend kind of even bring in a smaller version of this, even when you kind of go up by yourself, just in case you come across somebody else that needs some help. So <clears throat> as I mentioned earlier, you have the PAWS acronym to help you remember some of the different things that you want to bring. However, it mostly applies to kind of that personal kit, particularly kind of the survival items and such. I have a different acronym, and it's mostly just trauma, wounds, tools, and medications. And this kind of helps you remember the most important thing. So trauma is kind of like major trauma, and that's something you definitely want to keep in mind with any of these kits. Uh, and wounds are like small scratches and scrapes, and kind of the more common injuries that occur in the backcountry. And then tools are things that you would be using to diagnose and also to treat a lot of these conditions. And then medications, which are very important in our toolkit, and thankfully are quite uh, often light. So starting with the trauma aspects of our medical kit, it's important to have some way to stop a major hemorrhage. Uh, principally, this is done with a tourniquet. However, tourniquets can be kind of bulky and large. A good multi-purpose tourniquet is what's called the SWAT-T tourniquet, which is essentially an elastic band that can be used to tighten an area, cause a occlusion of the arterial system to prevent a massive hemorrhage. This, however, is quite difficult to apply yourself. It's much better for applying it to others. However, it can kind of double up as an ACE bandage as well. If it's not wrapped around quite as tight, you can put it over some gauze. However, I would also recommend having some uh, ACE bandages and gauze as well. Gauze is particularly helpful in the backcountry with uh, massive bleeding. You will need a lot of that, typically. Uh, kind of along with uh, trauma, keep in mind about fractures, which can be kind of, uh, quite common depending on your activity. Having a good SAM splint is something important to bring along, and these are flexible aluminum or uh, metal uh, braces which are covered in foam to kind of make it a little bit softer and you can wrap you can use these as a rigid support and then wrap them with a, an ace bandage to uh, it's kind of like a, a in the field splint also having like a triangular bandage or a cravat can be quite helpful as, as a sling um, the company H and H actually make one that is a multi-purpose for a burn dressing as well, and it's a sterile and, and non-adherent, which is good. Um, having some finger splints can be helpful too, but as I said, you can cut up a piece of the SAM splint and it can make a, um, a finger splint. Next up, our category is wounds. Um, in addition to the kind of the bandages and uh, kind of the antibiotic ointment and such in the personal kit. Having a couple other more unique items can be helpful for a little bit larger or atypical wounds. 
such as having a adhesive material called Hypofix, which is a material that can go onto a wound and you can cut it into different shapes and it's just a, it's almost like a, uh, a gauze that sticks right to it. Also having some non-adherent uh, material such as uh, adaptic or petroleum gauze can be helpful as well for larger wounds so you don't pull off of the whole wound as soon as you remove the bandage. Especially if you're going to be going on multi-day trips, sometimes you'll need to be changing out these uh, wounds uh, and the bandages uh, several times. Um, having other unique items such as Tegaderm, which is kind of a clear and good adhesive that you can continue to see the wound is quite helpful. Uh, knuckle bandages can sometimes are helpful. They're a little bit more uh, uniquely shaped to be able to accommodate finger wounds. Having uh, Steri strips can be helpful as well, just for kind of those minor wounds. And uh, helping to make those adhere is benzoine. Um, and then keeping in mind, sometimes you might need to close a wound in the backcountry. Not often recommended, but it, especially as a medical provider, you might be needed to suture a wound or close a wound in, in the backcountry that might be expected of you. So having a suture kit and kind of some of your most common sutures uh, accessible is probably a good idea. If not, you can have Dermabond, which is really good in the backcountry because it's so easy to uh, apply. Staples are also quite nice too, though you want to make sure you have a staple remover as well because they can be difficult to remove without that. Um, also, you want to make sure and have some way to clean out the wounds. A large 60 ml irrigation syringe is also quite helpful. And then if you're going to have a syringe, you probably should have some needles in case you need to administer any uh, IM uh, medications and it can also be helpful for other things as well. Our next category are tools and diagnostics. Uh, so some of the tools that might be needed are tools for using those sutures such as a needle driver, hemostats, scissors, or even tweezers can be quite helpful as well. Scissors, I would recommend having both trauma scissors and iris scissors. Iris scissors are kind of the more thin and sharp uh, scissors in the in the tip. The trauma scissors are blunted and they're able to cut through clothing if it needed to expose a wound and, and be able to see things especially quite quickly. Uh, having some scalpels, particularly like a number 10 blade and a number 11 blade uh, would both be pretty helpful as well if you have room. And additionally if you're going to be doing any kind of these procedures you probably should have uh, certainly gloves and uh, probably sterile gloves as well. Also, you probably want to have some way to write down anything that's going on and keep track of all this. And having a pen and paper uh, can be quite helpful in keeping a good record of everything going on. And then having a pocket reference for dosages and medications or just kind of to help jog your memory with some of these conditions. I personally use Evernote on my phone and that is quite helpful. I have hundreds of notes that I'm able to look up in my phone and it eliminates a lot of the weight of carrying around the different books and reference materials. So keeping something like that downloaded on your phone is quite helpful. And finally with this, having a headlamp is very important, particularly in the back countries in case of wounds that are occurring at night is, is very important. And then our last category is medications. So I'm going to kind of break these up into different medication groups and some of the options that you can bring. Uh, first off is for any gastrointestinal issues, starting with uh, H2 blockers. These are like medications such as famotidine or ranitidine. These are fast and they also have a multi-use as well. They can be used a little bit as an antihistamine too. Uh, having an antidiarrheal such as loperamide and anti-nausea medications such as ondansetron or Zofran 
is super critical, and this is sometimes the most often used medication. Uh, meclizine is also a good one. It can be used for uh, nausea, seasickness, um, and vertigo as well. Also, having these wounds and injuries can often cause pain, so having some way to treat pain in addition to the ibuprofen and uh, acetaminophen in everybody's personal packs, you want to sometimes have a little bit stronger medications. You could have medications such as Cotorolac or Toradol. Sometimes you can bring along opioids. These can sometimes be difficult to obtain and you probably do want to talk to your pharmacist and see if you, they can get you a supply using your DEA number. However, this might be a, a little bit challenging as well. Having a, a local anesthetic is also important and having lidocaine or bupivacaine which has a little bit longer duration that you need to have some way to administer it and going back to the needle as above sometimes you might want to bring along a benzodiazepine as well these have multi-uses in helping with seizures alcohol withdrawal or um, helping sedate uh, any of your patients if needed though kind of again you're getting into a little bit more uh, risky ground when you're using the controlled substances and also with the opioids, if you are going to bring some, you should also bring naloxone in case of uh, overdose, accidental or intentional otherwise. Uh, anaphylaxis is something else that you really should keep in mind, especially if any of your group members have any allergies. Bees are pretty common or any kind of food allergies, and sometimes you don't even know. But if they do, everybody who does have an allergy should have an EpiPen on them, and you probably should have an EpiPen on yourself. These can get a little bit expensive, but they are a necessary and life-saving uh, treatment, especially in the backcountry where you're a long ways away from any uh, other medical care. Having other things that can help with allergies, such as uh, steroids, other antihistamines, these can kind of help with kind of that allergic reaction or asthma and things like that. Now let's uh, dive in a little bit into antibiotics. This can be kind of a very broad uh, subject, and antibiotics can span quite a bit of... Uh, discussion on which ones are the most effective in the backcountry, but kind of keep in mind what kind of common infections are possible. Uh, so some of the general antibiotics that I would recommend bringing are things such as doxycycline, which has a good uh, broad usage uh, for lung, skin, or also uh, tick and vector-borne mosquito infections. Augmentin is kind of a common, decently broad uh, spectrum antibiotic for like ear, nose, and th throat infections. Uh, it can have some lung infections or pneumonia. Skin infections, it can help with those as well. It's okay with some of the GI bugs as well. Azithromycin isn't one to consider as well. Uh, it can be used for like traveler's diarrhea. It's also an anti-inflammatory. Um, fluoroquinolones are also quite good, particularly Leviquin, which is 100% bioavailable. It's essentially like having an IV medication. Um, they are particularly good against uh, gram-negatives, any gastrointestinal issues such as traveler's diarrhea, um, some uh, pulmonary problems or and skin conditions. They also have some activity against pseudomonas, which a lot of these other medications don't have. However, fluoroquinolones need to be taken uh, into consideration with their uh, numerous side effects, and you certainly don't want to have a tendon rupture in the backcountry as well, so always make sure to use the other alternatives if possible. Um, others to consider as well are uh, cephalosporins. Ceftriaxone has a particularly broad spectrum and can be administered IM as well. Um, however, it can be a little bit tender and it does require a needle. Uh, Ceftonir is kind of similar and, and uh, but doesn't have quite as much avail bioavailability. 
clindamycin is quite good for MRSA infections, but you do run the risk of having diarrhea, which is pretty common with this medication. If there's any kind of concern for parasites, particularly in third world countries, uh, bringing along medications such as ivermectin and mebendazole are also uh, would probably be a good idea. Moving on to other medications that can be helpful are creams. Having some kind of uh, topical antibiotic, triple antibiotic, or mupirocin can be quite helpful. Also having like a topical corticosteroid, usually a high potency one for any kind of poison ivy or other rash that develops, such as betamethasone. Having a topical antifungal can be helpful too, and sometimes these can erupt on, on your group members. Uh, you can consider having things such as like um, having some burn cream as well can be quite helpful in case of burns, which are pretty common in the backcountry. Uh, another group of medications or, or things that you can consider in this in this category are dental issues, and so having something like a cavit or cover up a, um, a ca cavity or, or and uh, eugenol to help with the analgesia for uh, dental infections or injuries. And then also having a, like an eye kit as well. Um, so having something for maybe some antibiotic drops, uh, some good ones are, would be moxifloxacin drops. Those uh, can be a little bit expensive though. Um, erythromycin ointment is kind of a multi-purpose. It can help with more of kind of eyelash issues uh, like blepharitis and, but it, it and can help with kind of eye dryness too. But it does have some antibiotic uh, properties too. Um, having some eye analgesia can be helpful for examination, such as some tetracaine eye, eye drops. However, make sure you don't give that to your, your patients uh, because they will continue to use them and can cause uh, corneal abrasions as they don't realize that their eye is desensitized. Um, also kind of keeping in mind to bring along a, an eye patch and then having fluorescein or blue filter light uh, to be able to examine this. This is kind of more of a unique niche things. However, if any kind of expecting any kind of injury like this, it, it could have like a little mini eye kit as well. And then finally, kind of along uh, specific things, uh, medications would be like something for nosebleeds or oxymetolazone, uh, also known as Afrin. Then kind of with that, you sometimes may want to bring along a rhino rocket, which is a gauze that you can inflate inside the nose and be able to close up bleeding. Um, however, having an abundant gauze can, and just pinching it off can also be equally effective. So keeping in kind of consideration weight, these are just a bunch of examples and having each kind of these kits and tailoring that can be uh, more kind of based upon your, your specific needs. Next up, we're uh, going to be talking a little bit about the group kit. This is more for a larger group. This is uh, probably for kind of like more kind of a smaller expedition, 8 to 20 people. Uh, it's often more carried in kind of several kits or maybe even a small duffel bag. It's helpful to kind of distribute some of these among others for weight. You do want to keep items that are used together kind of on the same person so you don't have to track down multiple people in case of one injury. Um, and then you want to have a little bit more of some of the materials mentioned uh, previously the kind of with your, kind of your smaller kit. In addition to that, though, I would recommend, again, kind of going through our different uh, categories remembering trauma wounds tools and then medications so regarding trauma you want to kind of have a little more robust trauma kit having a way to be able to provide an airway such as having a nasal pharyngeal airway to be able to place that you might need some lubricant as well 
also having a little bit larger bandages and such as an oleus bandage or an israeli battle dressing those things are a little bit more robust they have a big gauze on a, a kind of an ace bandage that are able to provide a little bit more hemorrhage control having an actual tourniquet is probably a good idea as well one of the uh, cat or uh, soft tea tourniquet are both really good tourniquets that are used in military applications today and then maybe having something for needle decompression in case of any pneumothorax might be a good idea to keep around as well. Though you want to make sure you're trained on how to be able to do that in case of... However, this can be a very dangerous uh, injury that may need to be treated in case of trauma. Wounds are another one of the categories. Uh, usually you have that pretty well covered, but some other things that are a little bit more bulky and to kind of keep in mind or a little bit more special are such as like heat or ice packs that can be helpful for decreasing uh, inflammation having like silver nitrate cautery is a little bit more of a unique niche item but that can help a fair amount with like nosebleeds or just um, ongoing bleeding wounds or having like electric cautery as well and like a portable bovi device kind of moving down the list we'll go to tools and diagnostics some other things that can be helpful for you at this point it's probably useful to have a stethoscope and maybe a blood pressure monitor as well be able to check uh, vitals in, in any kind of situation here. Having a pulse oximeter at the very least is, is certainly very helpful. It can give you a, a brief recognition to be able to tell like al altitude sickness, and if there's somebody's hypoxic or very tachycardic, that can be quite helpful. Having a digital thermometer too, especially one that can be done uh, rectally, that can be helpful for hypothermia or hyperthermia as we previously discussed. Also keeping some other diagnostics in the back of your pocket as well, such as a urine pregnancy test and urinalysis. These can help you a little bit more diagnostics and determine if a, one of your patients or group members needs to be evacuated sooner, depending on kind of some of those results. And additionally, you probably, in fact, I would strongly encourage having a satellite phone or a radio with a group this size so that you can call in evacuation if needed. And then kind of these can be clumped into the uh, in the other category as well um, but these are kind of special medications and may need to be in smaller groups and might not be brought at all but considering medications for malaria prophylaxis such as chloroquine or mefloquine or malarone having medications for mountain sickness as well such as acetazolamide dexamethasone or nifedipine also, if you have a diabetic in your group, making sure to bring glucose tablets, possibly some backup insulin, and certainly a glucometer. If you have any older individuals in your group, particularly any with heart disease, you should consider bringing nitroglycerin, possibly some diltiazem, metropolol in case of atrial fibrillation with RVR, and also having some aspirin, uh, 325 milligrams. Our last uh, tier of supplies to bring is the base camp sized. This is usually a large duffel bag. It's maybe kind of set up in your car. And this is usually if you have a large group and usually kind of want to have some sort of a base camp where you can bring a lot of more of these items. However, make sure to only bring items that you know how to use. It makes no sense to bring chest tubes or IVs or anything like that if you don't know how to place it or nobody else in your group knows how to place it. If you just need one of those things, you just need to evacuate them at that point. However, I wouldn't really typically recommend doing a lot of these uh, unless in an emergency situation uh, in an austere environment. 
but considering a larger trauma that you may be seeing with a larger group, you may want to consider bringing some uh, additional items. As part of wilderness medicine, you want to take into consideration the March uh, list, and starting with massive hemorrhage, considering things that you would need to do to treat that, so other things such as, as I mentioned, maybe even possibly having a chest tube kit, maybe having ways to be able to uh, start an IV to give IV fluids with an angiocath kit, you would need a needle, tubing, and the bag of fluids. And then moving down that, having airway and respiratory, having other ways to provide airways as well to your patients with possibly like a BVM. They actually make some that are pretty small that can fit in uh, almost the size of a uh, soup can. And also some other things to consider are uh, like a king airway, which is an airway that you can put in there their throat without having direct uh, laryngoscopy and function similarly to intubation. However, it should not be done for extended periods, but in case of emergency, it can be helpful. If you're going to be doing this, you also probably recommend to have end tidal uh, CO2 to be able to make sure proper placement. Um, and these can also be helpful for diagnostics. Having oxygen available to you as well, and possibly maybe even a, like a Craig kit, but sometimes that might only be necessary for a, a tube and a, and a knife in case of dire circumstances. Though, again, this is probably not something I would recommend at all. But having the know-how to do that may be needed if you're going to be the medical professional for one of these large groups. Kind of moving down our list, we have other wounds and kind of considering more kind of disabling injuries at this point. So having like a spine board can be helpful. Traction equipment for a femoral uh, fracture or other large fractures. Additionally, you can have a gamau bag, which is a pressure bag for altitude sickness. It's kind of a personal hyperbaric chamber that can be helpful in a severe uh, circumstances. Additionally, just kind of everybody should have some spare clothes back at base camp, some blankets, and maybe having some rescue equipment to be able to get down to falls and like having some belay equipment and ropes and such. And then finally, kind of other diagnostic uh, tools that can be helpful are like Foley catheters, having an Odo or a thalmoscope, and then also having an ultrasound. There are now medic uh, ultrasounds that can plug into like an iPhone or an iPad and are quite portable and can be very helpful with diagnostics if you know how to use it. Uh, I'd hope to talk to you about some of my personal uses with a point-of-care ultrasound in uh, the backcountry, and um, this might be one of our future episodes. Well, that's pretty much summarizes most of the medical supplies and kits that should be brought in the backcountry. appreciate you listening to this part two of the medical kit lecture. I hope you have enjoyed listening and learning more about this topic, and I hope that you Join us again, learning about further topics and information on backcountry and wilderness medicine on our podcast.